I want to hear what you think I sound like. Because I know what you sound like. Hi, I'm Adam Felber. I'm the host of various podcasts. Yep, you couldn't tell which one of us was which. Wow, no. That that, that was indistinguishable (laughs) from me. Well done. You guys ready to do it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So up on this mic right now. Jeffy, it's good to have you back in person and alive. You want to do that thing? Yeah. On tonight's Dad Band Land... Here's some of what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, punch it. Bandland is in the house. Dead Bandland, everybody. DBL, this is the we podcast that talks about all the music you love, the point of view of a neighborhood cover band, which is active once again. I am Adam Felber, your host. I am Kevin Burke, your co-host. And uh, right over there, we have a man who's just returned from Vermont. Uh, we thought we'd lost him, but we didn't. It's Jeffy Branion, the proprietor of Jeffy's Jukebox. I do need some new shoes, but otherwise I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back, Jeffy. And what, what have you got uh, queued up on the jukebox this evening? Tonight in the jukebox, we're doing earworms. Yes. Ear- earworms, like Star Trek II? They yeah. put things in our they ears. Put creatures in <laughs> our bodies. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, earworms. That was suggested by a listener, but Jeffy will be reading that email when, when the time comes. And uh, right between Jeffy and Kevin right here, to give you guys a sense of the physical layout of the studio that we are now inhabiting again, yeah. there is the man who owns the house in which there is a lot of wax. It's Brian's house of wax, and that's Brian. Brian, how you doing, man? I am here with my wax and some facts. Facts for the wax? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, pray tell, what wither the wax that you have brought? The, uh, yes, yeah. uh, from whence the wax from the house. Uh, tonight we have REM's automatic... For the people. All right. Oh, man. Nice. I want to talk about that right now. I'm not going to, but that album is important to me, people. 
Wow, and it's 30, Same. which means Same. I am... 31. Uh, very old, <laughs> yes. very old. Um, all right, but first, Kevin, in our little talking about the band part of our yeah, show... Yeah, this breakdown. What uh, You told me that you had some information you wanted to share. You yes. You wanted to read. Yeah, I wanted to read something, because you did help with this. And all right. by the time people hear this, this will have been published in newspapers and websites all over the country in the syndicated column, Ask Amy... Oh, excellent. So, excellent. Um, as so you know, we, I, I do do some other shows besides this one. So, Ask, Ask Amy is an advice column? Is that what it I'm is, understanding? It uh, is probably the most successful advice column currently in the United States. Fantastic. So, yeah. that's why they came to us. No. Oh. <laughs> Shit. Amy Dickinson is a friend of mine. She's a, a frequent panelist like me on, um, on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Mm. Um, mm. And she... Uh, has been listening to Dad Bandland and really enjoying it. She's uh, emailed me about it a couple of times. Great. She is the uh, the author of the eponymous Ask Amy, and she got this letter. She thought, you know what? I can't answer this as well as the guys over at Dad Bandland who are actually in a Dad Band could answer it. So I'm going to read you the letter and the response that she put together from our responses. You oh, ready? great, great. So we both responded, and this is what she's publishing in the, yes. in her column. Oh, absolutely. It has now been published. In fact, <laughs> oh, if it hasn't, right. we can't air this. <laughs> by, the time, <laughs> by the time you hear this, you could have read this. Or you won't hear it because it hasn't been published yet. Right. Yeah. But then you we'll would go straight know to Jeffy's jukebox. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. None of this would exist. Yeah. I gotcha. So they asked Amy. Yes. But you and Kevin answered. She outsourced. Here. Yeah. Uh, you know what? All will be revealed right now because okay. this is this has just been printed, and hopefully it has, or else the L.A. Times will sue us. It's embargoed. Dear Amy, a few years ago, I started a rock band with some very talented musicians. We play for fun, not for money, and we've played before some very large crowds. We have a very big gig in a couple of months, and because my heart's not in it anymore and I've lived my rock star dream, I know that it will be our last. Should I tell the band before the gig that it's our last gig, or should I wait until after the gig? I see pros and cons to both. That's a very good question. It is, and Amy replied, Dear rock retiree, I shared your dilemma with my friend, the comedy writer and musician Adam Felber, co-host of the fun podcast Dad Band Land. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you for the plug, Amy. Adam and his co-hosts play in a neighborhood cover band. He responds, quote, Announcing your retirement depends on what instrument you play. If you're a guitarist, I wouldn't worry about it because there are a lot of you and it's entirely likely your replacement will randomly wander into the garage while you're telling the band you're retiring. (laughs) Wait, oh, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure, okay. If your keyboard is like me, don't worry either because it could be several months before they notice you're gone. True. But if you're the drummer, well, how dare you abandon them? But seriously, unless you're the front man and there's absolutely no way the band can continue without you, I'd wait until a few days after the gig and then tell them you need to take a break for a while. Telling them beforehand might have some upside for you, but not for the rest of the band. There's no reason to add that to the vibe. This is your last gig, not the last waltz. True, true. Amy continues, Adam's podcast co-host and fellow musician, Kevin Burke, also took his own sardonic solo. Sardonic solo. Sardonic solo. (laughs) Thank you, Amy, for that. Sincere explanation and advice. If you really want this to be a true rock star moment, wait until right before the very last song, then make a big quitting announcement over the mic to the audience and the band at exactly the same time. Bonus points if you can disappear in a puff of smoke or a giant pillar of fire when the last song ends. Yeah, yeah, God, that's some good advice. I got to tell you what. This is the first like 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 terrestrial ink that Dad Van Land has garnered, and it makes, I'm very excited. I'm about excited it. that it's seeing print because a lot of our discussion tonight is 
90s based, which this feels very much in tune with tonight's theme. Are we really 90s based tonight? Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah. the, the REM thing for sure. Yeah. Uh huh. And everything else that I plan to do. <laughs> okay, good to know. <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert, but I'm living in the 90s tonight. Well, let's get right to that then. I mean, uh, right outside is a U-Haul that has uh, uh, got got Vermont plates on it, so uh, clearly it was dri- driven here by Mr. Jeffy Branion, and in the was. back is that futuristic-looking jukebox. Yeah. Jeffy, take it away. Thank you. And today's, uh, this week's topic is from David Birchock who writes, biggest earworm as the subject. Yeah, he was sending us a bunch of emails suggesting Jeffy's jukeboxes. Were you nervous to click on that? Because that could have just been a picture of something horrifying. Well, (laughs) yeah. You know, he wrote it to Uh dadbandland at gmail.com, but he addressed it to Adam only. Oh, what's Mm. up with that So I don't know if we're officially... Like allowed to contribute to this? No, oh, you know, no, no, for the right. You, but I, I, on um, Ask Amy, I was his co-host up until the very end. I thought I was like, am I going to get uh, named? Am I get? So you'll yeah. get there. My point is, there's okay. still a chance. I, you, you'll you get know there. what? I would Someday say not only are you boy. allowed to reply, but you're also allowed to um, once in a while check our email inbox and answer <laughs> our fans. <laughs> oh, 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 no, 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 I don't know. No, no, no. Let's be serious. I ain't doing that. I don't but I will say this. What if we are all what if, what if we are all the collective Adam? What if we can just say that? We, right. we, we are, are Adam. Adam. We are Adam. Right. Okay. We are group. We are Adam. Adam. <laughs> yes. Sorry, but I'm stuck in my house while my wife is taking care of her parents. I'm looking for a little human contact. Where's this going? I never thought I would be writing this email. No, sorry. Wait a minute. (laughs) When I was in high school in the late 70s, I was on the cross-country team. My dad had a song from the 60s by Edwin Starr, 25 Miles. While running cross-country, this song was always in my head. Not sure if the real song was at the same pace, but it was always in my head. Thanks. Dave. <laughs> Welcome to Jeffy's Jukebox. Yeah! All right. All right. I love that. That kind of earworm. You mean the kind of song that gets caught in your head and you cannot get rid of it. it- so who wants to start? Who wants to be the first? Who wants to be the earwormiest? You're the, you're the uh, jukebox. Your house, your rules. <laughs> my house, my rules. Yeah, if you could pick I, one of us, you could do it. I'm going to pick... Uh, I'm gonna pick Kevin Burke. Oh, geez. All right. I'm well, go then I'm right gonna. To Kevin. All right. Here's here's the deal. I'm, I mean, I guess I'm starting with a little less obvious than most because there's some obvious earworm songs, and some of our fans even wrote in about this. Um, but not all earworms are lyrics. That's where I'm coming from. Like some earworms are just simply music. And there is an earworm that came out in 1993, 90s themed, and uh, this song is in my head. 24-7 even now. If I'm just sitting there still saying nothing, this is what I'm hearing. The drums make this sound. The guitar and bass come in to do the same riff as the drums. And this song is oh, it's a very simple and memorable riff, and it is Scentless Apprentice by Nirvana. Ha <laughs> ha! 
damn you. So, so, <laughs> so at any given day in my life since fall of 93, I'm like, bum, dun, 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 it's very Beavis and Butthead. It's so Beavis and Butthead. I get in my car, I'm like, bun, dun, dun, I wake up in the morning, bun, dun, dun, So yeah, my earworm curse is entirely musical. There's no lyrics. It's entirely musical. That's great. Yeah, it is. I love it. Yeah, I love it. All right, next we're going to go on to Mr. Adam Felber. Okay, well, mine's from the early 90s, too. No way! After he was shitting on the 90s. No, he was shit on the 90s. No, we had a theme. I was questioning whether we had a theme. Apparently, we do. Jeffy, this is going to be the, it should be obviously the second of the two I sent you. Second of the two. Yeah. And before you play it. No, here we go. I can live comfortably without hearing this in my head. It's not that compulsive, the OCD thing that Kevin has going on. But if I hear this song... I loved it in the 90s, and then I then I was really off it for a while, and now I kind of love it again. Didn't matter which period. If I hear this song, it is going to be in my head as I walk all day long. Hit it. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's a walking pace, right? Oh. And it's heavy. And listen to that bass. It is a real walk. Yeah. I think a lot of ours are going to turn out to be this. I thought you said don't stop, continue. Uh, I did, I did. I got to say, this is probably one of those songs, stop me if I'm wrong, but this is the kind of thing that your whole day, you'd be like, what I got to, got to feed the dog now. What yes. I got to, yeah. got to exactly. do my homework. Exactly. What I got to, got to get in the car now. Teeth now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it yeah. definitely applies to any moment of your day. Yeah. And those are some of the actual lyrics. Yeah, those yeah. are yeah. later, yes. Yeah. Look, he's never been accused of lyrical genius. <laughs> yeah, <it's> just... <laughs> well, on, on that note. What I got, I got to put it in the toaster. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And then you got to give anything. me some butter. <laughs> let's, let's stop this while we can. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's too yeah. late. The only way to could... stop it, the only way to stop it, is with the methadone of more earworms. <laughs> <laughs> I got yes. a fever, and the only cure <laughs> is another earworm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brian, what do you got for us? So I'm breaking the '90s theme. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, oh, I was going to break it anyway. Whoa, so, yeah. so I realized <laughs> now, now Adam's on board. Yeah, he's all, I'm totally <laughs> into it. This is a '90s show, man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Didn't we Fucking talk about '90s. This? We agreed to that, yeah. man. Whoa. I realized this is the most recently released song we've ever had on the podcast. This oh. is almost oh. contemporaneous. Whoa. So Shit's getting real. My wife, I was having a tough day at work. My wife texted me this TikTok, and she was like, just watch this, and it'll make you feel better. And it did. And I think it made millions and millions and millions oh, of people I know feel better. Is. And then these dudes took this, and they made a song of it, and that just blew the whole thing up. But it's yes. just the greatest ever. Go ahead.
So that, of course, is yeah. oh my It's God. Corn oh. by uh, <laughs> Tariq, the Gregory Brothers, and Recess Therapy are the people who did the interview. I yeah. have to say, in my family, all yeah. four of us, this was this was an earworm. It lasted like straight 48 hours that we could not stop could singing. Could not this. stop. Yeah. I, I, I am familiar so with joy. it from afar because I heard it coming from my son's phone, but I had no <laughs> idea what it was. Oh, dude. <laughs> You got to get into it's corn. So that's the yeah. single version that has that little extra. Yeah, bit that's at the longer end. That's, than the version. Yeah, yeah. No, we were in yeah. the car and my daughter was saying something, and I said, "Is that like the kid who likes corn?" And she was like, "Oh my god!" Because we find these things in the same day. Yeah. Immediately, we were on a ride home. All four of us. Kid, all day. Could all not day. stop. Yeah. yeah. Has it has it increased your corn consumption? I have not had corn since I ever heard the song. No. <laughs> no. So no, it's, it's not working but for it's the got corn the juice. lobby. Yeah, that's but true. Uh, unfortunately, if, if, it, if it hit you that hard for the rest of your yeah. life, when you do encounter corn, I know. Yes, that's, that's going to happen. That's yeah. a good okay, point. So uh, now I have to step in and say the reason I picked the earworms that I have is because I use them to get rid of other earworms. Oh. oh. oh that's so. a topic that we will broach next week as well. Me, this is medicinal in, in some ways. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so this is your cleanse. This, this is your ear cleanse. This is my cleanse. This is my master this cleanse. This is the worm that eats other worms. This is, <laughs> this is the Ouroboros <laughs> yes. of earworms. Oh, man. Are, are we prepared Cannibal for this? Worms. Is this going to undo everything? It eats other worms it's... and then it eats itself and disappears? Yeah. Here we go. It is a television theme song from the 60s. It's also DJ Jazzy Jeff and the French Prince. Yeah, so that of course is the I Dream of Genie theme song. Yeah, you know, I was I was heavily thinking about the television theme song category as a whole because those will get stuck. I was I, I texted you today because you, you you just land you just landed in a plane at Burbank Airport and I texted Welcome back to you. Yes. And had welcome back Cotter theme in my head for the next uh, hour. Right. Oh, sorry about yep. that. Yeah. No, I, I avoided it for the reason, as someone who's written lyrics for, for theme songs for shows, it, it, it can be weaponized very easily. Oh, By yeah. design, yeah. it is designed to destroy you, to make you go to school all day and hear this song. That is the design. Yeah. That's yeah. the purpose. Yeah. I mean, it does, uh, I, I find I Dream of Genie so powerful mm-hmm. that I will forget, a, like, the other song, and I won't be able to even think of it. That, that, that there you know, are. We will. We should probably determine what is like our the ultimate earworm. Like, what is the end of the? What is the end game? What is the end game? What is the thing that? Well, we're going to be talking mutually about mutually destruction of of uh, earworms. Yes. I want to preview this because we're going to be next week. What we're going to do is have a, a DBL special episode where our listeners supply earworms, and mm-hmm. so many of them did, as I'm sure you guys have seen already on, on the Twitter. Oh, absolutely. But one of them suggested one that he he considered the ultimate cure for any earworm hmm. and provided the link. And after making my way through the whole list of stuff, I, you know, my head was just riotously filled with different conflicting worms. <laughs> I listened to this cut. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. It cured me. It healed me. It cured me. you? It healed me. It was wow. that powerful? It was that powerful, and I'd never heard the song before. What, a brand new song? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so we'll see I'm if it works for you guys. We can experiment on you. Yes. Very exciting cliffhanger there, Adam. Thank you very much. Now, let me just say this, because this is an exciting cliffhanger, too. We 
um, realized that we had to shorten this segment because it was like, <laughs> getting we're, longer we're and longer. Getting longer and longer. And we also have decided that very soon we are going to start a DBL Patreon account. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to do one more round of earworms but we're going to bury that on our Patreon account for, for our listeners who really want more than an hour of DBL every week. <laughs> Wait, welcome to Paywall. Welcome yes. to Paywall. It's going to be a very, very low amount of pay for that wall. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what? I saved my best one for that wall. So yeah, me too. To find it. Yeah. Oh, or right. did I? You'll never know unless you get in there. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. And, and by the way, no, the Patreon account isn't up yet, but it will be soon. DBL will be right back. DBL. DBL is back. Here yeah. we are. Oh, Welcome my back. Lord. We are having fun. Those those earworms were wormy. No, my head is spinning with worms. Well, you, wormy you know, is... here's the thing, guys. This I don't want to freak anybody out. Right. But, like, that earworm thing was so um, powerful. As you know, um, uh, I, I had to go take a nap. Right. Because I was just exhausted. Right, right from the worms. Mm-hmm. And I had, like, this incredibly disturbing dream. And so what I would like to ask you guys to do, at least Jeffy and Kevin, would you just okay. put on, I, I've got these electrodes. What I'm sure, hoping is that if sure, we all right. go to sleep, maybe you can join me in that dream and somehow make it better. You know what? I did make a okay. promise when I met you that if you ever handed me electrodes and said, let's sleep down and see if we can share dreams, yeah. I would totally fucking do that. Then let's do it. Okay. I, I didn't make that same deal, but I'm willing to agree <laughs> to it. <laughs> Don't right. imp- think about it. Don't just so impulse. Wait, am I Freddy Krueger in this scenario? <laughs> I'm just trying just to follow the plot. <laughs> Who? What was that voice? Did you <laughs> Did we all hear that voice? I'm already getting anything. tired. All right, let's go. Let's go down, guys. Okay, electrodes, okay. electrodes. All right, Kyle. Electrodes act- are electrodes. Activate alpha wave generator. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's a real. This is real science. Now okay. I have to give him a sound for that. Okay, guys, you see, see. Yeah. See where we are where, now? Where are we? Your dreams are fucked up. This is when the, are we? I don't know. It, it, it feels like Why it must be 19th we? century or something. At least that house, that old Victorian house up there. Yeah, it looks brand new in the 19th century. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like construction is just <laughs> brand new. It's like it's startling. It's so beautiful. Gleaming with lead paint. But wait. No, but here's. It's very here's, durable, though. Here's where it is, though. This is this is the moment. It happened to and me tasty. earlier during my nap. Okay. A figure walks out of the house onto the porch and says, Welcome to What do you want from us? Wow. Why are we here? It's just a dream. <laughs> Somehow it's simultaneously the eighteen hundreds and 30 years after 1992, because <laughs> yeah. we're talking about the 30th anniversary of a record we from 1992. We are. Yeah, that's right. This, yeah. yeah, this sort of killed the 90s theme, but yeah. that's okay. Your, your 90s is weird. 1890s. You know I was, yeah, 1890s. 1890s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't say what 90s. I yeah. woke up this morning and thought of that one. I was like, <laughs> 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 I knew you guys would play along. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, all right, so Brian, Brian yes. Frank, what do you yep. have in your house of wax today? So... Uh, <laughs> In the House of Wax, which maybe <laughs> does not look as good as it did in your dream, in but still, it's a very serviceable house and wow, contains bad. all the yeah. wax. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're talking about uh, R.E.M.'s eighth album, Automatic for the People, which was originally released on October 5th, 1992, if you lived across the pond, or October 6th, 1992, here in America. Mm. Wow. Which makes it 30 years old around the time of this recording which as you're saying adam is crazy if you're old enough to remember when this came out 
It's yeah. pretty mind-blowing. Um, the version that I listened to this week uh, was the 25th anniversary remaster reissue on 180 gram because I did not have this record oh. originally. Um, oh. I wasn't collecting records in college. I had no place to put them. It was probably pretty rare, too. Though, yeah. Oh, yeah. Vi vinyl at this yeah. time is very rare. I am proud to own an original of... Um, REM Adventures in Hi-Fi on vinyl, wow. which is New even rarer. Yeah, which Very is rare. even rarer. So uh, this record uh, was their eighth album. I have a couple of wax facts. Wax facts. Uh, Victorian wax facts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So um, the, the, this album was, was started, and this one's for, for Kevin, uh, was started during the mixing sessions for Out of Time, their previous album at Paisley Park. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so when they were I didn't know that. Yeah, when they were mixing Out of Time in Paisley Park in December of '90, they recorded some demos uh, for Drive, Try Not to Breathe, and Night Swimming. Uh, then they, you know, were doing their stuff for uh, Out of Time, and then started formally working on the album. Interestingly enough the band would come up with all the songs, the music, and then give them to Michael Stipe, mm. which is interesting for him to, to work on the lyrics. Um, they put together about 30 songs, the band. Wow. And then uh, they, they worked and worked and worked and in various places, different demos and stuff. And then they went with Scott Litt, their, uh, their producing buddy, to Bearsville Studios in Woodstock. Uh, and then continued on uh, to Criteria Studios in Miami and also um, in New York. And uh, they completed the record um, just three months later and mixed it at Bad Animal Studio in Seattle. So they kind of did a whole tour of America while making this record. Um, <laughs> it was a huge, huge success. Uh, number one in the UK, number two in America. It has sold over 18 million wow. copies uh, and was That's nominated. A That's a lot. And was nominated yeah. for the album of the year at the Grammys, but it lost to anyone? Uh, Eric Clapton. Core. These are all good guesses. Whitney Houston, The Bodyguard. Oh. Uh. Um, there were six massive <laughs> songs that a lot of people knew. That's a good album. <laughs> uh, Drive, Man on the Moon, Sidewander Sleeps Tonight, Everybody Hurts, Night Swimming, Find the River. Uh, Drive was the biggest hit off the record, and Everybody Hurts was the biggest hit in uh, UK, Canada, and Australia. Um, I'll save some more wax facts wax because facts. I really want to talk about this record and, and trade some, some stories about it. I will give two little fun facts to end my little segment. Fun wax facts. First off, uh, there are some great orchestral arrangements on this there record. Uh, and um, who does those? And who does those? <laughs> Mr. John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin. Of the Mighty Zepp? Yep, he, he did those uh, for all the big singers. They are fantastic arrangements. They're John. amazing. And to make them even more amazing, and this one's for Adam, not Kevin, uh, for the 25th anniversary. Is this XTC shit? <laughs> for, for the 25th anniversary, uh, they remixed the album in Dolby Atmos. Oh. The, this is the first music released on that format. And oh, really? Can, yes. And you can hear those fantastic orchestral arrangements. Uh, yeah, I was listening to the, to the, uh, to the remix this week, and it was, it was mind-boggling. It's amazing. Um, you know, and the remix was done by, the, by um, 
wasn't done by Mike Mills and the original producer. Oh, Scott could Litt. be. Could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott Litt. That That makes sense. Um, and my takeaway from this, listening to it this week and remembering 30 years ago and all that, was this is a huge album. Sold 18 million copies. Everyone has this record. Everyone knows this record, or at least 18 million people do. But And it was there were the videos on MTV, and it mm-hmm. was so overblown. But at the same time, when you li- when at least when I listened to it again this week, it still felt so personal. Yes. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. intimate. That's exactly what I was going to say. The, Which is it's, hard to do. It, it, never, <laughs> it never occurred to me that this was a super popular album. Right. Because this was, this was exactly my album. It feels like yours. Well, especially after Out of Time was such a massive hit. It's in some ways, it's almost like they put the genie back in the bottle and made a record that was sold a lot of copies, but did not sound like it was trying to cross over the way that, that Out of Time did it. Well, and ironically enough, their intention going in to make this record was they're like, we got to make a more rockin' record, a more rock and roll <laughs> record. Yes. And so they went in and tried to like do some heavy rock, and it just didn't come out. It, it, uh, yeah. Ballads came out. Except yeah. for Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight and Ignoreland, it's mm-hmm. it's all ballads. Well, now that you, yeah. ma- you mentioned that, I remember at the time Peter Buck saying our next record will be a rock record, yeah. but na- which it was, which was Monster, but I na- but now that you said there were 30 songs, maybe they were, maybe they had an, a sense that there were some mm. rockin' songs sitting there that just that weren't finished. This was the record that, I mean, I think this is a much better record than Monster turned out to be, so I'm glad they did this one instead. Yeah. Um, yeah, who, who, all right, I'll, I'll say one thing about it. Um, there's, this might be one of the albums that I, you know, I most personally identify with. It hit me at the right time of, uh, of my life for it to be really important. I really loved REM. Um, in high school, I think I bought Fables of the Reconstruction, which was their third album. Yes. And I, w- and I bought every album after that. So it was just an automatic buy for me. I, like Kevin, I thought, because Kevin told me this um, last week, I thought that maybe Out of Time was the beginning of the end for them. Right. As did most of my I was not a huge fan, but I, I, I didn't hear from him since document, but most of my friends who grew up on him, on them, thought the same thing. Thought this is the crossover record. Like we right. lost them. They now belong to everyone else. And then they slam you with this thing, which is yeah. so beautiful, so personal, so gut wrenching at times, some of the lyrics. And the the one that I wanted to do, and then I'll throw over to Jeffy or to Kevin or back to Brian. Who I don't knows? care. Is that um that song Night Swimming is so dead on detail for detail um, about something that was happening in my life and was starting not to happen, which was when I was in college and then for a couple of years afterwards, um, we used to occasionally get into a car and drive out to Walden Pond because it was close and swim naked for an hour or so and sometimes get caught by the police, sometimes not. And around <laughs> and around the time that... Um, this song came out was exactly it was like a year before I was I moved out of Boston. I knew that the time of like going night swimming uh-huh. was now behind me. The people that I used to swim with had you had might have been out. breaking away. You might I say. was breaking away. <laughs> I was no longer going to be swimming at the quarry. Yes, um, <laughs> but but the song is about like realizing that you know this chapter is over. It's now it's a yeah. yellowed it's a yellowed photograph on your dashboard. It was. I couldn't. I felt like the song was written for me, and I took it with me when I moved to New York. And that's that shows just how personal. I mean, for eighteen million other people had this record and loved it. Yeah, it felt like it was made for you. Yeah, that, yeah exactly. But like that verse, you know, uh, the the recklessness of water. They cannot see me naked. These things they go away. I left my shirt at the wall. Like every single line felt like it was written for me. 
Well, I, I wanna, Except I didn't mind people seeing me naked. <laughs> I want to bu- build on that because there's a distinctly 90s thing about this record in my life, too. I was 18 when this came out. I had just started college, and this was huge. Like, I went down to the midnight sale. It, the line was around the block. It was tons of people buying this record. I did not buy the record that night. I bought I bought a Guar EP, and if anyone <laughs> if anyone knows <laughs> and if anyone knows what Guar EP that is, then you're my new best friend. But I the reason I didn't buy it is because I was down there with like six or seven people who were all buying it, and I realized I don't it, need to yeah, buy it. It's going to be no. a long time before I live with someone who does not own this album. <laughs> and and you know what? That's gone on to this day because the copy that's in my house is my wife's copy. I've you never bought this album, but I've never not had this album because everyone had this record. So I saved that 15 bucks and spent it on some fucking Guar record. Yeah, it was everybody. nowhere near as good. But the point is, what some of these records that are so massively important when money was was slim, you you knew everyone would have it. You you'd find it everywhere. This is just one of those omnipresent records that everyone has. That being said, going back to revisit it, it's grown. Thirty years later, it is still as powerful, if not more powerful. Yeah, well, but, especially since we're all older now, and yeah. and the things that he was singing about are sort of like, you know, taking care of old people as they die, and and realizing yeah. <laughs> that certain things are behind you and not as much as ahead. And there's just so much of that. I, I mean, and, I'm not older than. I was then. Like You're not. Guys. No. 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 We didn't say you were. Either. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. That's just you guys. I'm no. not aging. No. 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 Two, so two quick things about this record is I thought Drive still stunned me then. It still stuns me. It there's not really a chorus. It keeps building up. The strings and drums kick in at the same time. If you haven't heard this in a while, put it on because when that happens, it just kicks up to another level. And I forgot that Peter Buck comes in, I don't think of him as a very emotive guitar player. He comes in like fucking Jimmy Page on this yeah. song. <laughs> His guitar tone is killer. But then emotional. fades out right away, Yeah, too. then he's out. Yeah. He lets <laughs> it go. Kind of a mic drop. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll no. say one thing that saves this record is there's not an obvious stand or happy, shiny happy people hit single attempt on it. It is pretty much tonally consistent top to bottom, and I think that helps the whole album. I think I mean, it's a great I'm, record. Uh, Man on the Moon, to me, is, is, is that's my favorite track on the album. And why is that? And I don't know. I just... Um, it's really... It's beautiful. It's yeah. like I, mm-hmm. all the things that I would say about that song, you could almost apply equally to almost all the other songs. <laughs> yeah. So I can't tell you exactly what it is that makes... That song resonant with me, but I would, it was one of the songs like uh, that I would play over and over and over. And I listened to the whole album, but I would get to that part and it would be like you'd hit the little button on the CD player <laughs> to play one track over and over. In the 90s. Yeah. Okay, nice you know, theme. Yeah, you know, I, I, I so agree with that. I, you know, m- one of the things that's appealing about that song is it's like one of the two songs on the album that are funny. Mm. <clears throat> There's, it's, uh, but it's, it's Man on the Moon, unlike Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight, it just digs so much deeper, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I do want to talk about, I know Kevin's going to love this, I want to talk about the shape of this album. Because it opens so strong with the aforementioned drive. But melancholic. Melancholic and strong, and then goes to Try Not to Breathe. A, a rumination of somebody who is really done and trying to die because they're old and they don't want to be, you know, it's just, it, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's, it's so sweet but so awful and, and, and his voice is just, uh, that might be one of the best vocals he's ever recorded. What wow. I want to say is there's so much that happens in the middle of the album. Dead center is sweetness follows. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the turning point of the album. Mm-hmm. And what does follow is sweeter than some of the painful, painful stuff before it. 
And then, starting with the song that Jeffy just mentioned, it finishes even stronger than it began, which I I can't think of many albums that do that. But Man Mm. in the Moon, followed by Night Swimming, followed by the just extraordinarily beautiful Find the River. Yeah, that is ridiculous. It does not, in the way a lot of '90s records did, just sort of run out of steam. It maintains its intention. It maintains steam. Steam (laughs) through the very end. It's a lot of steam. Uh, For me, the gem that I that I forgot about or just popped to me was Ignore Land. Uh, That came out of nowhere this 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 week for me, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "What the fuck? This song kills!" I never thought about this song. So that was. It's a really good song. It's very political. It's political. It's got energy. It's got great edge to it. Do you know what I mean? Like without feeling out of place on the record. Yeah, one, it, one one thing I've noticed is that we've used the word beautiful more times, I think, on the, I mean, I don't have a, a catalog, but I've heard the word beautiful so many times in the last few minutes. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. It's true. It, it is. It's it's almost like a painting, this mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really is. It's it's so evocative and textured. Yeah, but you don't dip into it. You listen to it, and I gotta say, yeah. um, back in the '90s, I probably was playing this album all the time. But this week, this was not like uh, two weeks ago when we did uh, Black Sabbath Volume Four, and I was just like, hit play again, hit play again. I had to pick and choose my spots to go through this album this week. That's a good point. It, I didn't loop it because it, emotionally, it is very evocative. Yeah, I just wanted to share a story too. Like again. you were saying, Adam, about now, I think that. We are older and maybe we appreciate this more, right? Yeah. Because, and it's funny because they were like 30 when they made I know. this record. Totally. They, right? but they, but they, were, impo- they were elder statesmen when right. this came oh, out. They really were. And yeah. you know what? He starts out by saying, hey, kids. Yeah. And he's giving advice to kids. <laughs> and then he assumes the persona of an 80 yeah. year old person right. dying. So they're like <laughs> grappling with this age because yeah. in indie rock, they 30 was old, they felt yeah. old. They no um, longer trusted themselves. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, for me, um, REM was the first concert that I went to with friends, like on my own. Uh-huh. And I actually snuck in. So I, so you weren't, <laughs> it's not like when you were subjecting your sister watch. to like the exactly. bus off. Watch. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so what happened didn't was, open for REM. I, exactly. Yeah. I, I asked my mom, hey, can I go to the REM concert? And she was like, I, I'm like, can I go to the REM concert next Saturday? And she's like, no. And I'm like, oh, can I sleep on my friend Adam's <laughs> house on next Saturday night? She's like, sure. Immediate, that is so transparent. How great is that? Wow. And going to that show and being with your friends and not some kind of, yeah. you know, chaperone type figure uh, was so such a big deal, right? And, yeah, uh, and yeah, you for feel sure. like you're getting older, and I really identified with R.E.M. at that time. Did you get in trouble? Was, can, we, wait, can I ask what yeah. era it was, too? Like, so it was Green Tour. Okay, great. Oh, green. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's a certain point where R.E.M., even your mom would know who that was. But yeah, at some point, yeah, she knew R.E.M. who was, they were. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, she she didn't find out until much, much later. And until this podcast. Fine. She just listened Oh, no. no. <laughs> mom! <laughs> Oh. So, and why sto- haven't you told me you own a house now? Funny, <laughs> funny story, Mom. You live in L.A.? Um, so next week, if you find yourself listening to our podcast, you may hear something a little upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then following My them, son is Freddy Krueger? <laughs> I'm disappointed. Amazing. Who's Freddy Krueger? <laughs> What's amazing is you, you are getting pretty close. <laughs> I was right? wondering. I was wondering, is that your boss? 
pretty that's, close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Brian, we told you to sell that house of wax years ago. It's a fire hazard. <laughs> what about the insurance? <laughs> it's so melty in there. And there's so many bodies. Oh. <laughs> and extra <laughs> shoes. Why all the extra shoes, Brian? <laughs> okay, it turned dark. Oh, boy. So... Speaking of dark, why is it that this album is so dark in places and yet never depresses me? Mm. And why is it so dark and sold 18 million fucking copies, right. too? That's so slow. It seems to defy <laughs> anyone's logic of yeah. what a commercially yeah. successful album is going to be. Yeah, If totally. you were trying to make a successful commercial album, <laughs> yeah. this is how not to no, do exactly. it. Yeah. What's yeah. the cover? I don't know. It's some fucking thing. It's a yeah. thing, yeah. dude. Get I, out of my face. Well, I, I can tell you all about the cover I would like to know like more to about the cover. This. I would yeah. okay. love to know what spiky thing is. Yeah. Yes. So the album name... Uh, is the motto of a restaurant in Athens, Georgia. Uh, Weaver D's Delicious Fine Foods. Yum. Yeah. Automatic for the people. Are they still around? Uh, I don't know. Let's take a road trip, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Head yeah. down yeah. the road a bit. No, we, we just did that. Oh, right. That's how we got to That's Brian's how we got house. here. Yeah. Right, right. We went to sleep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're still right. When we wake up. <laughs> yeah, let's up, let's get into your trailer. Yeah, from Vermont. Um, but Are we being photo, slowly driven to Athens, Georgia, while we sleep, we might wake it's up. Possible. In okay. <laughs> uh, so the photo on the cover is a star ornament that was part of the sign for the Sinbad Motel on Biscayne Boulevard in Miami, near Criteria Studios, where they were recording. So they just thought it looked cool, and one of them snapped a picture. Yes. Right now, isn't it Anton Corbin who uh, took that picture? Uh, he took the pictures of the band. Oh. But I don't know that he... Okay, hang on. Um, and so, wait, wait. So the motel is still there, but the star is not because a hurricane damaged it. Oh, wow. Oh. And they were going to call the album Star at one point. Michael Stipe took that photograph. Oh, interesting. And they were going to call it Star because of that. Um, wow. Thank you for that... that, that Wax facts. You packed some facts wax at the facts. end of the wax facts. Yeah, but that, like, like I said, even that cover, the cover yeah. of Out of Time looks kind of catchy, inviting. This is yeah. not even inviting. No, it defies but all logic. 1992. Things were shit fucking weird in that right? Too, mm-hmm. right? 1992. No, absolutely. We well, there was a whole. I mean, there was an election a month later that changed like the trajectory of the 80s. That's true. Right? There was a lot going on. And there's a reference said, to to j- the the guy who lost the election yeah. in the first song in Drive. I, I mean, bushwhacked is has got to be a, a a reference to yeah, yeah to, to I mean it, it, it is I mean, interesting I mean again I was 18 there was a sense that the 80s were really finally dying and yeah. we were moving into and, and there we, might be some hope and there might and we didn't know what was next but it wasn't going to be CNC Music Factory it was going to be <laughs> wow. this yeah wow you went there <laughs> wow yeah I, that was the first first election that was your big biggest musical yeah. first problem election with the 80s. that was my, I was done that was when I was done it's over like, guys okay it's a fucking music uh, factory I'll I'm be out back in a few years yeah. when. Music gets good again. <laughs> well, Jeffy, you weren't you weren't here, but uh, that was Brian's uh, guilty pleasure last week. Oh, awesome! What was? That was not. Was what? it? What? That was, it was Brian's guilty pleasure like, like six weeks, weeks ago, ago yeah. months ago. <laughs> oh, you know, I think that I, was I, a I teen a teen episode, not a thirty <laughs> yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh oh. So wow. No. Now. 
don't yeah. know. Maybe okay. maybe you're okay? older than you even think you are. Wow. Okay. This record. You're, don't forget, dude. Don't worry about it. You're dreaming. Yeah, this is all a dream. <laughs> That's right. right. That's time right. time doesn't so, mean I anything. I could have sworn we Kyle, just did Miami Sound Machine. Miami Sound Machine Yeah, not CNC Music Factory. Which was my other guilty pleasure, by the way. Don't forget. I get it. You're confusing machines with factories. Right. That's exactly right. Okay. I think this is the time that Kyle needs to pull out the alpha brim machine. All right, what we're going to do is, that was a fantastic house of wax, but we all do need to wake up. So, um, Kyle, turn off the alpha wave, wave generator. We will Science. be right back when we wake up here on DBL. 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 DBL is back, everyone, DBL. and we're awake. Wow. Wide awake electrodes are removed from our heads. I was really disappointed to find that we are still in the studio and not in Athens, Georgia. No, I know. Am I, I so am I still here or am I in the dream? Yeah, don't muddy it up, I don't Brian. Know, dude. Don't, don't on, apply don't, logic don't. to this. <laughs> they didn't bother doing that in the Nightmare and Elm Street <laughs> movies. So. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, I am like Freddy Krueger. Am I in a dream or am I we real? Don't we don't right? know. We don't know. We don't know. We pulled you out of the dream. The dream is real. You followed us out. That's how you escaped. Yeah. All right. So now Holding it's time for <laughs> hidden treasures. Hidden right. treasures that are are one hidden of our two treasures. favorite end cap uh, bits here. Yes, end cap. They are at the end of the row, and we and uh, and these, of course, are songs that you um, songs that you love that you you just think never got their due. Yeah. Hidden treasures. Hidden treasures. So I'll start tonight's hidden treasures because I have a continuing this October horror theme that I've been doing since starting last week with Freddy's. Yeah. Greatest hits. I don't know that that has anything to do with horror, but okay. Possibly oh my, my reaction to it. Why are you so <laughs> terrible? Why does the floor <laughs> move? Anyhow, continuing my continuing my theme from last week, Adam. <laughs> yes. My horror theme. Okay. I'm taking us back to 1997. Yes. 90s, 90s theme. 90s uh -huh. theme. All right, so, so it's 97, the... Hailbop Comet just passed by the earth. <laughs> you uh, might be drinking a Zima or something. Just mm -mm. put yourself in there. Okay, okay. And you've just seen the long-awaited sequel to the original Scream, Scream 2. Oh, I like that. And you've left the theater of Scream 2 in your crushed velvet shirt. I probably did. And you went into, <laughs> and you went into Sam Goody or National Record Mart or uh, Camelot Music. Wherever HMV. It, HMV. It was, was going to be HMV. That was near yeah. Wherever yeah. expensive CDs were sold. <laughs> And you picked up your Scream 2 soundtrack. I did. And then you were like, what's Probably. this? Wait a minute. Is this the only recording of a Prince song by D'Angelo covering his B-side, She's Always In My Hair, on the Scream 2 soundtrack? Are you shitting me? Like, Hello, 97. <laughs> you're like, hell to the yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe this. Oh! Oh, man. God damn you. Whoever ha. put that soundtrack together, whoever A&R guy yeah. came up with that, gold star. Gold star. 97 gold star. That's damn. insane. Yeah. yeah. What else is on that soundtrack? Uh, there's, it's a lot of late late uh, '90s R&B. Do you know what I mean? So I'm trying to think off the top of my head. D'Angelo's the one I went straight to, wow. but it would be 
I have to look. I have to honestly have to look it yeah. up. Yeah. Well, we can all look it up later. Yeah. Yes. All right. Oh wow, that was fantastic. Well, I'm glad that uh, Brian's following that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So um, I've got a tune from 1982. Uh, it was recently the 40th anniversary of this album, uh, which I own, and I was listening to it on that day. And I was like, this song is so crazy, and nobody would believe. How, how did the song even get on this album? <laughs> I, I was, so I looked it up, and it blew my mind that, um, so this song, I'm not going to tell you the artist, but it was produced by Midge Ure from Ultravox. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, who also uh-huh. did the pro- Lynn drum machine programming mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So he produced this track and um, did the instrumentation. And let, let's have a listen. Any guesses on who that is singing? 1987? 82. 82. And I played it. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I'm not going to guess, but I'm seeing who Brian yeah. and, and I, my brain is fucking exploding. Yeah. So that is um, <laughs> from the second and final soul album by Phil Lynott, the lead singer and bass player of Thin Lizzy. That is what? so crazy to me. I can't right? can't even grok that right Right? <laughs> It's ungrockable. <laughs> no, what, made it's, a, what would make a person do that? <laughs> so, <laughs> and no, it's not bad. No, it's just so. It's just so not thin. Well, what's funny is when you, I've seen pictures of him. He died at like thirty-five or something too. He's like young, <laughs> yeah. but he he's very eighties. Like he committed to the bit, skinny ties, the whole he, thing. Committed to the he bit. was all in in the eighties. And what I didn't realize, wow, was Midge had actually written a song. On a Thin Lizzy record in 1979, oh, wow. and so that was he was briefly in Thin Lizzy as a guitar player, which wow. I didn't know any of this. No, not didn't record an album, but co-wrote a song that ended up on one of the albums, and that's how that friendship started, right? Right. And then he ended up working on, you know, made this song with him that ended up on his second solo record. It does not sound like much else on the second solo record. Right. It's a great record. His first yeah. one, Solo in Soho, is is really, really good. My that's, wife, that's that's fun to listen to. My wife and I toured his studio in Dublin. No way. And it was it's fantastic. If you're ever in Dublin, go check it out. It's open, I, it's I, open to the public. I plan to be next summer, yes. Oh, do it. Yeah. Wow. All right, mine is a lot more mundane than that. I mean... <laughs> We've been setting the bar high right now. Yeah, <laughs> here comes my hidden treasure. Uh, and what I, what's interesting about this is if you're a fan of video games... There's nothing hidden about this treasure. You know this song. You probably know all the lyrics. It has delighted you. If you're not in that world or adjacent to somebody who is, um, you might have never heard this song. It's by Jonathan Colton. It is the reward you get for beating a game from the early 2000s called Portal, which wasn't even a game. 
it was an, an extra game included with the orange box for the Half-Life series. It, it was very experimental. This game is the coolest fucking game in the world. You're saying a lot of words in yeah. order that I know, but I exactly. don't understand. So what here, I know that this was. song. Here's the thing. You travel, wait for this. you travel through portals, and <laughs> and you're, you're, you're some kind of test subject. There's an orange side and a blue side. And there's and the rather than get into the details of the game, the only other no, let's get into the details the of the game. The only other Let me character. Tell you how scoring works. Stop. The only other there is none. The only other character in the game is a computer AI with a woman's voice named Gladys, who might have lost her mind and be trying to kill you as opposed to helping you. At the very end, spoiler alert, you battle her, you kill her, but you don't. Because during the closing credits, you get the most passive-aggressive <laughs> song ever written called Still Alive, sung by Gladys, how she's still alive and she's really happy for you. And, uh, Jeffy, I want you to start about 30 seconds in so that we can, you know, so that we... She starts with saying, this is a triumph, I'm being so sincere right now, and then it picks up into this. just keep on trying till you run out of cake. And the science gets done, and you make a neat gun for the people who are still alive. <laughs> now it gets even more aggressive. I'm not even angry. <laughs> I'm being so sincere right now. Even though you broke my heart and killed me. So this is available and me to pieces and pull every piece into a fire. <laughs> As we burned, it hurt because I was so happy for you. Now these points of data make a beautiful life. So this is on streaming services. This yes. Song. It, oh, yes. Because you know, it turned out it was written specifically for the game. There's tons of references to the game, and and that's the voice of of Gladys by Jonathan Colton, uh, New York-based hipster funny songwriter, but does all kinds of things. Um, he wrote that song and recorded it, there, and you can find it on any streaming service. It's called Still Alive. But if you're not in that wow. world, you might have never heard I, it. I had no never. Idea. I'd never. I'm not in that world. I'd never played that game. I'd never even heard of that game. Yet one of my one of my friends sent that to me at some mm -hmm. point in the early 2000s. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And yeah, then I was laughing. Completely out of context. Yeah, completely out of context. Still hilarious. Still I was hilarious. like, whatever this is, it's, it's still a, it's fantastic. A masterpiece. So yeah. imagine like playing your way through a really fun game. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Doesn't take that long. And no. then that's your reward at the end? It was so glorious. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> and so if you've never played that and its sequel, which features the uh, voice of Stephen Merchant. That's right. Um, oh, wow. They're both worth your time. Yes. I didn't know Even that. now. Yes. And now to bring us home, I will uh, say that I'm not going to continue with the 80s or 90s themes. There's only a 90s theme for the 60s. record. 60s. 60s. Oh. Going all the way back to the 60s. If 6 was and 9. You know, I, I think this song is, is somewhat known. It's it's. I'm sorry. I think the song is known, uh, but um, I think it needs more attention nowadays. It's it's very very far away from 1969. So let's shine a light on one of my favorite songs from the album Blind Faith. Come down off your throne. Somebody must 
Thoughts uh, is, of course, the voice of Steve, Steve Winwood, uh, Supergroup Blind Faith, and Can't Find My Way Home. Beautiful. That's, Love that song. That Love sounds that great. Who produced that record? Because that, that I don't. sounds rich. Also, I mean, I, I knew Steve Winwood from Jimmy his, Miller. Oh, interesting. Famous Rolling yeah, Stones producer. That sounds... Um, my brain couldn't comprehend, you know, when I was a kid in the 80s, and I saw Steve Winwood with his mullet singing popular hits <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and all that. And then I would hear this. This felt like it was an old parchment recording of this. I was like, this is a million years ago. How is he still, <laughs> how is he still, still making, alive. how's yeah. that guy still alive He's yet still making got music? Still yeah. alive. <laughs> yeah, still alive. Still alive. And, uh, you know, uh, we are still alive. I just want to say, everybody, uh, that was maybe my favorite uh, uh, hidden treasures because it was so varied. We spread the floor and and laid down some good shit, True. and, and but, then we ran the table. But there can be only one. Kyle, oh, yes, our Kyle. producer, are you are you ready to present the crown of fame for this week's hidden treasure? Not not quite, Adam. Oh, uh, I, have a, I have a little bit of a surprise for you guys and seen. and the listeners. Wait, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we got you. We got you. Um, We're a little nervous. What's so going gonna, on? So I'm gonna I'm gonna cue up some royalty free, uh, just motivational music, right? All right, here. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. I'll allow I have, it. I have some stats. I went through and I uh, gathered up some stats. Uh, I'm gonna read a little bit of them to you right now, and then we gotta decide what the value of each crown is. But here, okay. give me a second. Um, so since episode 14. Uh, I've been given out the crowns. Uh, there was no, there's no crowns given during the special edition Dad Van Land episodes. Because that's all about the listeners. Yes. Uh, episode 30, there was no crown given. Um, I've handed out a total of 18 crowns. Kevin gave himself one crown. <laughs> he's uh, yeah. the only person to do that. <laughs> all right. Uh, in episode unprecedented. unprecedented. We're going to allow do, it. Only, one, only the first person can do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be so done it's again. Done. It's done. It happened. We're yeah. going to allow it, but he has an asterisk on his tongue. Oh, he was juicing. Um, his stats are juiced. <laughs> I'm juicing. <laughs> juicing by giving myself the crown. I have unprecedentedly changed the crown from shame to fame or vice versa. Twice. Okay. Um, I've handed well, the out the second time it was precedented. Yes. <laughs> I guess so. I've handed out two crowns on the same night three uh, times. Ooh. Wow. And I gave a shame and a fame on the same night once. And Adam okay. is the only person to win two crowns in the same night. Whoa. Whoa. Nice. Whoa. Okay. I can't remember what that was for. Do you guys want to hear tonight's crown first, or do you want me to go through the totals? Uh, if you, have you added tonight's crown to the totals yet? Uh. We'll we'll do that. We'll do that later. Okay. So, <laughs> how many crowns are you giving out tonight? Oh, I'm I'm only giving out one tonight. There's so, three here. We'll, so we'll go here. We'll go here. One. <laughs> so there's three contenders for uh, for tonight's crown. Um, I previously described one of Kevin's guilty pleasures, I believe, as something that sounds like uh, you know a great substitute for coffee. Right. That was that's uh, how Larry about, Graham. That's yes. how I feel about Brian's. Uh, oh, good one. Pick tonight. But Jeffy, Kevin, and Adam were all uh, contenders, but I got to give it to Adam because he brought the passion. Passion? <laughs> okay. So we're going to add that yeah. to his total. Oh, boy. You mean the passion? That's the main. Passion aggressive. Yeah, the passion aggressive. The passion aggressive. I think that's the main uh, takeaway from, from the crowns is that you have to. Uh, you have to feel it. 
You have to be is, passionate is, about is it. That, or, that's going to be your new your new dad band name. Passion aggression. Passion aggression. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Now that Kevin knows that you have to be passionate, he's, he's going to like make himself cry what's, next what's week. What's more passionate than giving yourself the crown? Really? That's uh, the no. So watch next week. Gotta Kevin's going to be pulling out nose hairs to summon tears. Yeah. I got to ask you guys something real quick though. <laughs> yes, ask yeah. away. So. Are we gonna do total crowns, or does the shame, does crown, the crown of shame, count as negative one and no, crown I think of fame? They're both oh positive. My goodness. They're both yeah. positive because okay. we're looking for shame when we're picking shame. Okay, so Adam has received successfully achieved two crowns of shame, and now five crowns of fame. Oh wow! Brian has one crown of shame and three crowns of fame. Jeffy has two shame, two fame. Kevin has three shame. And two fame with an asterisk. Uh, so the total is Adam with seven crowns. Four, four, four. Four, four, and then five with an asterisk. You mean five. <laughs> four. You didn't add correctly. Well, Negative So five. there we go. That's fantastic. Thanks for the time. Thank you, Kyle. Oh, Kyle. Oh, Kyle. Kyle. Thank you. Well Thank done. You. That is awesome. And uh, with that... and. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of a spectacular, I'm going to guess, three and a half to four star. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And definitely. speaking of that. Four star. Five star. Go ahead. Go to um, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and drop a review for us. Yeah, would please you? do. Rate it. Just get, even if you didn't even listen, give us a five. Yeah. Give it a also, five. follow us on all the socials. Yes. Uh, write to us like write you've reviews. been on uh, dadbandland at gmail.com. This show, uh, we want to thank Starburns Audio for it. It is produced by by me and Kyle and uh, Jeffy Branion. Opening music montage by Jeffy. And our theme song is by Adam Korn. That's DBL, everybody. That's DBL. a wrap. DBL. wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Starburns Audio. A, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.